This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. It's 4,000 members and it's 1,000 affiliate members. Not exactly 1,000, but around there. Affiliate members are lenders, title company people, termite inspectors, uh, movers, anything that's affiliated with, with the real estate industry. And that's where we can get some really, really good information. Um, because I, when I first started in the real estate business decades ago, my vision was to be everything. I was a lender, I was a real estate broker, I was an insurance agent, but then I realized there's a lot of specialties there. And it's kind of impossible to be an expert on all of them. Um, so, you know, I, I chose my, my path and went that way and became the best I could. And I let, left the lending to others, left the insurance to others. So with that today, we have a very experienced and polished lender with us, uh, Bob Voss. You, you, you jumped when I said <laughs> polished. <laughs> let the listeners decide. Okay, I'll do that. All right. Bob is with, uh, what, what's the name of your company, Fairway? Fair, Fairway Independent Mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's a national company? That's a national company. We're in the top 10 in almost every category. Uh, it's pretty large, and it's also employee-owned. Ah, excellent. And so um, what's, what's the specialty that you have at Fair, Fairway? Well, one of the things is that that's different is that a lot of companies, everybody has to do everything a certain way. And at Fairway, part of the independent part is that you get to do the way you want to do it. So if you want to use advertising a certain way, uh, as long as it's within compliance, uh, we don't dictate as far as what software you use, what system you use. Uh, we let you do it the way you want to do it. All right. Uh, uh, they give you the autonomy to do it the right way. Exactly. You know, they're not going to say, no, this isn't the way. Uh, the, you know, there's several different ways to do things, and, and what you're used to is usually the best system to use. Okay, now you're also the current president of VARREP. Tell us what VARREP is. And that is the Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals. And uh, it's an organization that is focused on getting veterans into homes. Uh, one of the things that we, we are a HUD-approved uh, agency as far as for counseling. So we do counseling with individuals uh, at no cost. Uh, so that's one of the things that, that, that they do. Counseling towards the mortgage process? To the mortgage process, yes. And it's one of those that uh, with doing that, we can help them get all the way through. And even if they have questions after they get uh, you know, the, into the home, they can still you know, be able to call up and get information. So let's consider this one hour today a counseling session on, <laughs> on VA. Because we are, later in the show, we're going to go over the common myths of VA financing. And, you know, most types of financing don't have any 
myths about it, but VA does. So we're going to get into that. And, and most of that is people that haven't done a VA loan in several years and things that used to be, take place. Uh, and that's usually where most myths are is what everybody knew 20, 30 years ago. There you go. And they don't forget. No, no, they don't. <laughs> All right. So what got you interested in the uh, VAREP and, and the VA program? Well, myself, I'm retired Army. I retired after 20 years and moved to Fresno and became a loan officer. And I've been here doing loans for years, and I've always wanted to give back. And this is an organization that, with getting involved with, that I can help give back. And also, along with uh, some of the focus that we have with VARREP, another thing is is that we also look at trying to get the benefits to veterans and, and educate them on what is there and what's available. Now, where are you from? You're not, I, not Fresno originally. I am originally from Iowa. I... Grew up there, went to the same high school all the time, went into the Army with two of my buddies, and uh, don't go back there because it's too cold. <laughs> yeah. What what part of Iowa? Because um, I'm very familiar with northeast Iowa. And I'm more in the south central. I'm I actually uh, 25 miles from Iowa City, which is uh, home of the Hawkeyes. Uh. Ah, okay. <laughs> is that your the team you pull for? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, where were you in the Army? Uh, where um, were you stationed? I was initially stationed in Korea, was there for a year, was then in Fort Polk, Louisiana for four years, then I was in Germany for four years, and then my last 11 years I was a recruiter here in uh, California. Wow. So you spent a lot of years in the Army. Yeah, I did did my 20 and got out. All right. So this is a second career, but you've been doing this since 93. Yes. Yeah. It's been a long time that I've been doing this. And at 27, I've actually been doing this longer than when I was in the army, which is mm-hmm. kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, tell us about the, um, the VA program. Why, why, why is it so good? One of the b- biggest benefits with the VA program is that you don't have to have any money down. Uh, so for most loans, you have to have a certain amount down, uh, such as an FHA, the minimum usually is 3.5 conventional is either 3% or 5% on a VA loan. You don't have to have any money down. Uh, you would have to pay for closing costs, but that can also be negotiated with the seller or use an assistance program in order to pay for those. Tell us about the assistance program, because right now sellers aren't so inclined to, to help with closing costs when maybe a, a seller of a nice house is has five offers or ten offers? Uh, there's a program that uh, is available right now, uh, GSFA, which uh, that's a program that has a VA loan. You can also get uh, closing costs you know, covered with that. Uh, there's different amounts, but it, you can get up to 5% and still have an interest rate of 3.125. You can get 4% and be able to get a rate of 2.625. So the rates still are down and competitive. Uh, the other thing is that if you keep that house for three years and stay in it, that loan is then forgiven after three years. The, what is it's GSFA? Yeah, it's Golden State uh, Financial or, or I'm assistance. Not sure it's, yes, assistance. <laughs> okay, so it's a state program. Yes, it is. All right, so that is a second loan. That is a second loan. Okay, so they can still get a VA rate for the 100% of the purchase price 
at the going rate, which is probably in the twos, right? Right, exactly, yes. And then the second would be for for either four or 5%. Uh, actually, the, the second is at 0%. Oh, okay. 0%. 0%. And forgiven after three years. After three years. If yep. you're still in it. Yes. How do you prove it? How do you prove it? They'll that know you're whether still or not you in moved. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the, one of the ways that they typically find out if you're in it or not is in order to get your bill, you would have to send in where your address is. And it's surprising how many people will move after maybe two years, send in a change of address, which then triggers to the place that you're no longer living in it. Ah. <laughs> All right. It, it's hard to cover up a, a lie, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, does it take a lot longer to get that approved, that GSFA? Actually, it's not. Uh, the program is basically funded by the lender that is doing the loan. So basically, they fund the loan themselves, and then after the fact, they would get reimbursed for that. So it doesn't take any longer in order to get uh, that through than what it does the normal loan. So one underwriter looks at it? Right. One underwriter looks at it. Uh, and basically, they're making sure that it meets the compliances of GSFA's requirements. And then when it goes up to GSFA, they're now going to check it also to make sure. And then that's basically it. So I guess once in a while, the underwriter approves that GSFA doesn't. And so that's you just eat it, right? And, th well, and that's that would be a case. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, when it goes through underwriting, that's why they look at it and scrutinize everything so much. Yeah, and for all the people out there that have gotten a loan in the last few years and feel like you were run through the grinder because they wanted this paper and that paper, it's for that reason. The underwriter wants to make sure that they don't have to, that they can move that that loan package on into the secondary money market and not have to eat it or keep it themselves. That And it's one of those things that, you know, we found out also a lot of times that going back to the borrower after the fact and asking for paperwork gets them frustrated. They're hard to find stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. Where if you ask for everything up front and you have it all at that time, it's much easier to make sure that's all there. Okay, now I'm going to stick up for the consumers now <laughs> on why it's harder after they move. It, it, the first thing is you would think, well, okay, they they just escrow closed. They're done mentally. They're not going to do it. No, nah, it's because they moved and everything's still in boxes. Oh, definitely, and it's and it's tough. I mean, over the years that I've done this, it's it's surprising how many times it's in a box and they don't even know where the box is for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we moved almost two years ago, and uh, I still don't know <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I do know where the refrigerator is. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's right. All right, with that, we're going to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. When we get back, we're going to discuss the common myths of VA financing. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're talking with Bob Voss. He's the president of VARREP the VA Real Estate Veterans Administration Real Estate Professionals, right? Right. All right. And I understand it's a national 
that too is a, a national organization. It's a national organization, and uh, we're actually the headquarters is in here in California. It's in Corona, which I believe you know somebody from there. Yeah, and they're listening on the show today. All right. um, they're my cousins, and they're driving to Yosemite. So, but they're probably still on the grapevine. So, unless they're streaming <laughs> it on nine forty ESPNFresno.com, they're not going to hear this. Of course, they can always go to the podcast and uh, and hear it later. Um, all right. So, VA is a program that has so many myths, and and, and I'm going to take a a guess as to why VA hasn't changed their name in decades and decades. So somebody that hears VA loan thinks back that, oh, well, 30 years ago, um, you know, I was a seller and and the buyer had a VA loan and I had troubles with it 30 years ago. Um, Whereas conventional loans are so, there's so many of them that it doesn't get that stigma. So that that's my guess at it. What am I crazy, Bob? No, no. I think it, 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 you're right on point, and it's one of those that with conventional loans, a lot of times things go in and out. So there's different name changes for pro- loan programs, and with the VA loan, there really isn't. It's a basic program. It kind of stays the same. So, like you said, people remember what they heard from before, and that's always the problem. Is everybody remembers the bad things and not necessarily the good things. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're not going to answer the am I crazy part. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's get into some of the myths. And, and this really applies to me right now in that I have a buyer who is a VA buyer, well-qualified, uh, and we're having trouble getting into a home. And several of the sellers have said, hey, I, I sorry, man, I got 10 offers and um, – you know, we dump the VA ones, we dump th- this one. And, of course, yeah, they like the cash one or the one with a lot of down because of the appraisal. But w- let's do the best we can today to the sellers that are listening. Why is this a good loan for a seller? Well, and one of the things is that with, you know, with the seller, as far as this being a good loan, it, I mean, the myth is, is that it's going to take long in order to get through. It's going to be tougher, uh, and it's not. But one of the things that I have always liked myself is that when I have a VA uh, borrower, if I ask for something, I get it right on time. I mean, they're they're on the spot of getting stuff. With other loans, not always so much. It's kind of like they can kind of put it off. But uh, with a veteran, it's kind of like you ask for something and you're going to get it right now, which means – you're going to get a serious borrower that's going to be there, and they're you know, going to make sure the loan gets done. So you're going to get a disciplined yeah. b- borrower, buyer. Very much so. I can see that. I mean, hey, you had to go through four years, 20 years of discipline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so did I, but I wasn't in the military. I was at Catholic school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> for 20 years? <laughs> well, it took high school took a while. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so I'm going to throw out a few myths, and you tell me about it. Um, you can only use your VA benefits once. And that's something that a lot of people think that you, once you use it once, that you've exhausted it, and that's not true. Uh, the one thing is, is that if you sell the house, you now can get your entitlements put back in. 
Uh, you can now also refinance your house in order to be able to use your benefits again. And at the same time, if you buy a house, we'll say maybe outside of California because the, the cost is a little less, but you have certain entitlements that you have. And if you don't exhaust all your entitlements with the first loan, you can actually buy another VA loan, still keep the first loan, and be able to buy another one with VA benefits. So there's several different ways in order to be able to use your uh, loan several times. Can you have two VA loans at one time? Yes, you can. As, lo as long Ow. as you have enough entitlements. So if you buy a house where, well, we'll just say that the house is going to be $100,000. Uh, you, you would still have entitlements left after you buy that one to buy another one for 100000 You can't, you know, when you're buying a VA loan or VA using a VA loan, you have to be going to live in the place. So obviously you can't buy one today, go get another one tomorrow. But if you had one and maybe your family size has, has got bigger and it's been 10 years uh, and you want to buy another one, you would be able to use your entitlements then again. Okay, that's good to know because in today's market where there's a lot of move-up buyers, um, maybe they don't want to sell first. They want to buy first. And, and so that would help them. Um, here's a myth I've heard that... Uh, widows of a veteran are not qualified and that's something that gets a little touchy to, to because there's certain requirements that they have to have uh but i've i've helped a, several different people with trying to find out if they can use their benefits or not a lot of it has to do with whether or not the veteran was disabled or died from a service-connected injury if they were then they would be entitled to being able to get their va benefits and there's a process to go through which most lenders can help them with uh, filling out the form, putting it into the VA system, and finding out if they're going to be able to get the certificate of eligibility then. What if you're an active member, so you haven't retired yet? You still would be able to use your benefits. Uh, what we have to do is we have to get a verification from the company commander, basically stating that they are still on uh, active duty, that their service is good, and they're expected to stay in. Is there a like how much time do they have to be in before they can qualify? I don't believe that there's a time frame uh, that is there, but most of the time when somebody goes in, uh, within the first couple of years, they're probably not looking at buying. However, uh, they would be able to at that point. Okay. Now, that that's all on qualifying. Let's talk about the property qualifying. There's a lot of myths that the VA appraiser is going to be really tough and come in low. And that goes back to that old thing of 30 years ago. There was That was somewhat true. Uh, a lot of times you did find your VA appraisal did come in lower. Uh, that's not the case anymore. There also be a lot, used to be a lot more requirements on the VA appraiser as far as the standards for the property, and those have been uh, laxed up also, just like they have on other loan programs. And what are some of those uh, things that have been relaxed? Well, there used to be uh, to make sure that everything was actually uh, more fixed up. And now they're looking at more of the fact, is it a health and safety issue with, with any of the things? And if there's a health and safety issue, you'd want to have it fixed. Uh, but they're not requiring the, some of those same things that they used to. Another thing is with, a, with most loans, you do not have to have a termite report. On a VA loan, you do have to have a termite report. 
does the seller have to pay for it or can the buyer pay for it? The buyer can pay for that. Uh, and also they can also pay for the repairs if they, uh, if the seller doesn't agree to. Mm-hmm. Now here's, uh, let me give it to answer that question from the real estate broker side rather than the lender side. There are so many sellers out there who think, man, my home is in tip top condition. It, it's, it's perfect. Okay. Well then that's perfect for a VA loan too. Because how do you pick a part of home that that's in great condition? You, you don't. And in fact, I just moved back to Fresno after being down south for th- for five years, and I bought a, a home with VA. And there was very few conditions on there, and the conditions that were on there would have been on any appraisal that I was going into. Okay, so what uh, what are those type of conditions that are going to be on a conventional and FHA and a VA? Uh, there was some on the fascia board. There was some uh, exposed wood, uh, things where there was a little bit of dry rot and a few things. Uh, there was very minimal stuff that was wrong with the property that had to be uh, repaired. And we were lucky the seller did agree to do it. So exposed wood, even on a home that's built recently, so no le- no fear of lead-based paint. Right. Uh, if it's exposed wood, it still has to be painted? That would, would be something that would have to be done, yeah. On a conventional and a VA? Uh, and, and a lot of times not on, not so much on a conventional. It might be on the VA. And it also depends on the ones that we had, there was dry rot to where the fascia board was actually yeah, not good. Right. And if it's unpainted, uncovered wood, if there's not dry rot today, let's check back next week. I mean, yeah, it's waiting to happen. Exactly. And the other thing is is that it only takes a couple seconds in order to have that repaired. It wasn't like it was an extensive uh, job to get done. Right. Uh, A few months back, I had that come up on a VA, uh, uh, on the VA program where they called for the exposed wood to be painted. I think the other agent spent more time on the phone with the appraiser discussing why that wasn't needed because the home was built after 1978 and the guy stuck to it said no you got to do it i can't imagine that they spent more than a hundred bucks to to get it painted exactly i mean it's it's one of those that sometimes as a seller and sometimes a seller's agent even you know get too wrapped up with what is the condition and what is the fix and the fix is almost you know minimal and you know had they even done that hundred dollars worth of painting prior to listing the home maybe they could have got more too well exactly i mean there's a lot of those things that are obvious at the time that it goes onto the market um okay so it's really not anymore it's not more difficult for a home to qualify for va than in the past no no not at all and it's one of those that uh, a lot of times the va appraisers are on top of it and they've they, they don't like the reputation that they had before either so they're doing a lot in order to change that well and a va appraiser does they can do other ones too right they're they're an appraiser it's just that they have been certified by va exactly okay yeah that's not all they're doing is it a fair statement to say that a va appraiser maybe does 80 percent conventional and fha and the other 20 percent are va Oh, exactly, because as we as we know, uh, most of the loans that are done are more conventional than you would have FHA, than you would have VA. 
So if appraiser is going to be able to make a living, he's going to have to go into those other loan types in order to be able to, you know, exist. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, before we go to break, I want to let you know that my cousins, they streamed it as they're going over the grapevine and they're saying, Hey, great show. Um, what? Oh, the rest of it is great shows because of Bob. Oh, no, I think it's you, Don. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned. Welcome home radio because we have more myths to go over. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Bob Voss, a loan officer with Fairway Independent Mortgage and also the current president of the Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals, VAREP. So we have been talking about the VA loans and how it... I recently heard somebody say the VA loan program is like the best one on the planet. I would agree with it. I mean, if, if if you're eligible for a VA loan, it's probably the best one to get because the amount of money you had to put down, the benefits that you have with uh, not having to also have any mortgage insurance with no money down. And this one I love. Back in 2008, 2009, everybody was put uh, saying bad stuff about no money down loans. And yet the VA loan program was one of the best performing loans out there. And somebody said it's because they had skin in the game. There was a pride to having that loan. It's like, hey, I served my country for so many years, and they're not going to bail on it. Plus, they had to qualify for it. Exactly. And it's one of those that I think that uh, veterans, you know, have a sense of responsibility. It, it was drilled into you by your sergeant, right? By far. <laughs> <laughs> what was your rank? Uh, I was starting first class when I retired. All right. Um, so is it harder or easier for a veteran to qualify for a VA loan than a conventional loan? It's actually easier in a lot of aspects. Uh, one of the things is that with a conventional loan, we basically look at what their debt ratio is. And if the debt ratio isn't in line, then basically they can't get the loan. One good thing with the VA loan is, is that we look, we don't really look at the debt ratio. We look at how much money do you have after you meet your obligations. So there's been several times where we've been able to get somebody in with a, a debt ratio of 55, 60, where normally if they get up to 45, they wouldn't be able to get it. And that's because they have a lot of money left over after they get done. So we're looking at that as a uh, as a potential of how much money they're going to have in order to be able to make sure that they're going to make the payment. I think the underwriting guideline refers to that as compensating factors. Compensating factors, and they also call it residual income. Okay. So somebody might say you can go all the way to 55 60% of your income towards your mortgage payment. And uh, that seems really high. That, that seems scary. Um, but one of the things is that they also are looking at is how many, how many people are in the house because that plays into it. So if you have more kids, you're going to have more, you know, it's gonna, you're going to have less residual income left over. 
They're also looking at what the maintenance is of the uh, of the house and everything. So if you were just just the, the, the two people living there, it's not going to cost you as much per se as what it would be as if you had five kids. Is there a minimum FICO score, credit score? Um, there's VA does not require a minimum FICO score. However, most lenders have what they call an overlay, which is basically – they're going to look at certain things that they're going to look at as far as what that requirement is, such as my company, we look at 600. Uh, there are companies that are lower than that that will take it. Hmm, that's interesting because I think most companies, or, or, well, if you go to a conventional loan, a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, right. isn't the minimum like 640? Um, at six, usually it's 620 right now. It, okay. and, and it was up because, and there's another thing with, that uh, pandemic uh, problem we had where when all the stuff with COVID started, it really got where the FICO scores went up, where almost you couldn't add to have a 660 or 680. They've loosened up, and typically it gets back down to where 620 is usually around the threshold. All right. This is not a VA question, but was that a knee-jerk reaction by lenders to up the FICO requirement during the pandemic? I believe it was because they just didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, there was a lot of stuff as far as on the stock market, investors, guidelines. Uh, they just didn't know. And the instinct was, let's tighten everything up, and then we can loosen it back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's what happens. All right. So uh, on a conventional loan, if somebody had a bankruptcy, a foreclosure, a short sale, uh, how many years do they have to wait on a conventional loan? Normally, that's going to be a four-year wait. Where on a VA loan, it's going to be a two-year wait. Okay. So, once again, it is easier to qualify. Yes. Yes, on, it is. On VA. And, and one of the things also is, is that it used to be that to find out if you're going to be able to have your entitlements – we would have to have your 214. We'd have to send into a place in order to get the certificate of eligibility back. Now it's a matter of going into the VA portal, putting in the information, which is Social Security number and their date of birth, and a matter of about two minutes, we'll have the certificate of eligibility back as long as they're eligible. Wow. I remember when my dad got a VA loan. This is back in the 60s. It took forever to get that stuff. Exactly, and that's because somebody had to manually go back, research, pull it out of a file, and look at it, where now it's all in a database. So this is how I knew I was born to be a, a realtor. Um, back when my dad, I was eight years old, they're, they're getting that loan. It was an eight-month-long escrow. And, you know, you might blame VA because it took a while to get this or that, but uh, it took my dad like four months to get his taxes filed <laughs> so he could <laughs> – you know, and he was self-employed, so they needed tax returns. Yeah, definitely, and that's one of the things that I mean. Anymore, most escrows, uh, VA loans take just as long as what it does for a conventional. Uh, it's not any longer because of, you know, the, there's not a delay in getting the certificate of eligibility and other things. And I think the big change there is many years ago, the VA underwriter was part of the Veterans Administration. So the lender had to take the application and send it off to a third third party. 
why exactly. it's hard to call VA a third party, <laughs> but it, it was not all in-house. Um, sometime back, they, probably in the 90s, I think it was, where they said, okay, we're going to allow your fairways underwriter to approve this VA loan. And as long as it follows these guidelines, we'll buy it from you or, or not buy it from you, but insure it. Exactly. And then when that, it's like any program when it first started, there was not as many underwriters that were qualified to do it, where now there's, there's several that are qualified, but there's certain information, you know, requirements they have as far as training to go through in order to be able to get the designation in order to be able to underwrite a VA loan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, what are the big, oh, let me get into mortgage insurance because normally if you'd put less than 20% down, you have to, the borrower has to pay for mortgage insurance, which is not insurance on the house. It's insurance in case you default on the mortgage. Exactly. Now on a, on a VA, you have what they call a funding fee. Uh, funding fee is 2.3% if you're using it for the first time of of, of what the loan amount is, that also is financed into the loan. However, so if you borrow a hundred thousand, you're really going to be borrowing one hundred and two thousand three hundred. Exactly, unless you're exempt, and if you have at least a ten percent disability, you're exempt from having to pay that, and that also gets uh, designated right on the certificate of eligibility when we pull it up. So, if they have that, then they're not going to have to pay the funding fee. But as you were saying, there's no monthly. Uh, mortgage insurance that's on there, no matter if they're putting no money down. So on a three hundred thousand dollar home, that's a savings of hundred bucks. Oh, at least, and it, and and there again, depending on FICO score, because if you get a FICO score on a conventional and you're down around six twenty, your private mortgage insurance is going to be pretty high, where you're just not going to have it on a VA. Okay, so that's another reason why. And here's a benefit to the seller. That VA borrower is more qualified and can and can actually purchase more home than a conventional buyer because they're not having to pay for mortgage insurance. Exactly. You know, so they're they're going to be able to use their buying buying power more towards making the payment rather than having that mortgage insurance included in the payment than to be able to have that within their debt to income ratio. Okay. So, and, and that's a huge benefit to the buyer, but also to the seller, because um, let's, say you, the, let's say the seller has a $300,000 home, but a particular borrower only qualifies to two eighty. They can't look at that home. They can't buy that home. But on a VA program, it sounds like they could. Oh, definitely. And it also brings more buyers in because, and here's another benefit to the seller, um, Maybe somebody has a 610 FICO score. They're not going to make it on conventional, uh, but they they could on VA. Exactly. It, and the seller gets the money no uh, at the close of escrow, no matter how it was financed. Right, and, and and to the seller, it really shouldn't be a concern of whether or not it's going one way or another, as long as they're qualified. And there again. This is just my aspect, but you know you should be helping the veteran. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, I had a seller who said, "Nope, I don't want a VA. I don't want it." And then about a month later, I had a different seller who 
favored the veteran. It's like I owe it to him, it, and and that made me feel refreshed. It's like, you know what? Yeah, the, these guys went out and they sacrificed for us. So to to give them a break, that's good. Well, and I think what happens too sometimes is that the question of asking the borrower whether or not they're even a veteran doesn't even come up. Uh, the agent doesn't may, maybe ask them. The lender might not ask them. Uh, and that's one of the changes actually is coming out with a new application that is coming out where that's actually a section in there that asks whether or not they've been in the military and if so, were they active or reserve or not. Hmm. Uh, when does that new application come out? I uh, believe that that comes out in March. That's right around the corner. Yes. All right. With that, we're going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Bob Voss of Fairway Independent Mortgage with us and president of VARREP. We've been talking about VA loans. And you know that song that was just on, Only in America Do We Have VA Loans, right? Yes. I had an uncle. This is where I realized I might be good on a talk show someday because at, at the age of, I don't know, I was probably 12 or 13, I got in a debate, although my uncle got in an argument with me. I, I'm going to call it, still call it a debate. He claimed that he should be eligible for a VA loan. I said, but Uncle Ted, you, you fought for the Italian Army. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> he, he was part of World War II, and he felt like he should get that. But, but we went round and round, and um, I finally lost. <laughs> That's when my mom pulled me out of the room and said, just tell him he's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to be a, a veteran of the U.S. Army, <laughs> or U.S. military, I should say. <laughs> All right. Let's get into um, some statistics right now. So this is going to be off of the VA program for a minute. Great. This is just some statistics that come out of the Fres Fresno Multiple Listing Service for the months of January in 2020 compared to 2021. So in 2020, there were 476 sales in the Fresno Clovis metropolitan area uh, compared to, ah, we're up 483. That's right. seven more sales. I'm gonna call that a push. <laughs> That's too close. So about the same amount of sales. Now, remember, when we began 2020, everybody said we're in a robust market. Um, and, 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 and it was healthy. Everything was good. Um, however, interest rates were a little higher back then, weren't they? Yes, they were. About where were they compared to where they are now? Um, right, right. Then they were probably around three and a half to four, probably close to that. So it's a good 1% lower now. Oh, definitely. And to put that in perspective, if you were getting a $360,000 mortgage, that 1% equates to $300 a month in interest cost. Yes. Um, you know why I picked the number 360? <laughs> it's because the math was a little easier. <laughs> but 
it's also because our median sales price is starting to approach that. So in January of 2020, the median sales price was 288000 It's now up to 325000 That's an 11% increase in, in one month or in one year. That, that is outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Sellers got to be really happy about that. And a buyer should not get discouraged because of that drop in interest rate. Exactly. Because of the interest rate being lower, they're actually going to qualify for more of a home than what they would have back when the rates were higher, even though the sales price might have been a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me do some quick math in my head. So at 360, you're going to save $300 a month with a 1% drop in interest rate. But going up $30,000 is only going to equate to $60, $70 a month. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's better to have the lower interest rate than it is the, the lower price. Exactly. And, and, and as a loan officer, there's times where when the, the shift took place in the rates, it was kind of uh, startling sometime to see that they qualified with with a higher rate, I mean, a higher amount because the rate was so low because you didn't think of the payment as being as low as what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a conversation with somebody earlier this week, and they said, I'm fearful of the prices because I feel like it's not a sound basis and back in 2005, 2006, prices were rising rapidly, although back then it was like 24% a year, not 11. So there's a huge difference. But the other thing is back then, people were getting into adjustable rate loans that had balloon payments on them, and which meant in so many years you had to refinance. People today are getting into 30-year fixed rate mortgages. Uh, with uh, so in the event prices go down focus on the fact that for the next 30 years you've got you've got uh, you know what your payment is oh exactly and it's one of those that I mean I wouldn't even talk to a borrower at this point about an adjustable rate just because the fixed rates are so low that there's no reason to yeah yeah um, <laughs> I remember that back then um, an adjustable rate mortgage could go down 5%. So you could benefit. If it was at 8%, it could get as low as 3 Well, we're at 25 now, so how are you going to benefit from 5%? Exactly, and that, that's why there's not even a reason to talk about an adjustable. Yeah. It, they're just so low right now. All right, excellent. And not very dangerous either. No, Yeah. exactly. Uh, and much easier to understand. It's like we don't really need all these disclosures that you guys have to give now because, <laughs> you know, what part of $1,550 a month don't you understand? I mean, that's it for the next 30 years. Yes, your insurance and taxes can change, but the principal and interest stays the same. Exactly, and, and that's whether or not you stay with the same servicer or not. Uh, that's one thing that people sometimes don't They think if it changes from one servicer to another, there's going to be a change, and there isn't, mm-hmm. unless taxes or insurance change on it. Here's another statistic that is shows you why you need to muscle up 
And by muscle up, I mean get pre-qualified before you make an offer. Typically, we're going to have 1,500 to 2,000 listings in the Fresno multiple active listings um, at any given time. Right now, for Fresno Clovis, we're at 324. So there's not a lot of them out there. You might say, well, that's not true. I see signs everywhere. Yeah, 802 listings are already in escrow. So when you see those signs, about 30% of them are active. The other 70% are already sold in, in escrow. And, and that's, you know, that sign's going to stay up for 30 days or 40 days. Well, that, and then there's, uh, there's uh, every once in a while, there's this, uh, a property that's on the market where maybe the seller isn't entertaining a price that's competitive. So you're going to see it on the market longer just because it's maybe outside the range of where it should be. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes you'll see listings that have been on the market over 100 days. That doesn't mean that the seller is desperate. It just means it wasn't presented pr properly or priced properly yet. Exactly, because in this market, you don't see houses on the market for very long unless maybe it came out of escrow for some reason and went back on the market. But typically speaking, uh, you're just not going to see that. Okay. So a lot with the market, the way it is, there's a lot of, I think the predominant buyer out there right now is the local move up buyer. I know people say, Oh no, they're all moving from San Francisco. I, I don't talk to very many agents that will tell me they have one of those. So, um, the predominant buyer is the local move up buyer. So how do they, let me use your loan expertise. How can someone qualify? Cause you almost need to buy the new home first, then sell the other one after you close escrow. How does that, and, how does and, that work? And that's part of the, the pre-qualification to find out with the payment that you currently have and along with the payment that you would have on the new house, do you qualify for to, to to have both uh, houses at the same time. And what you're also going to have to do is have somebody that's going to be going into that house and be able to prove that you can make the payment with, with having that there. Uh, and it's all pre part of the pre-qualification to find out what can I do, what can I not do, so that when you're looking at a home, you know what's, what's going to be available. Okay. We have about a minute left on the show. So I want to ask you, what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show on the VA loans? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that I would say is that if you are a veteran, make sure that you look into using your benefits, find out early whether or not you ha can use them. And if you're a seller, you know, entertain that veteran that's out there. Uh, one is, yeah, they did do the service to the country and they just should be rewarded for it, but they're a good borrower and the loan process is not as bad as what it used to be. Yeah. And as a real estate broker, I'd like people to know that there are a lot of myths or a stigma about VA loans that are not true. So anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so let's all get over it and uh, look at those VA loans like that's a strong borrower. Bob, I want to thank you for coming in and representing VARAP and, and, and your company and all the other affiliates. And tune in next week. We'll be back again for Welcome Home Radio, 
940 ESPN. Thank you for listening.